Welcome to I Love That For You, the podcast that celebrates all the late bloomers and trailblazers from all different walks of life. I'm Red. And I'm Kelly. Uh, Red, guess who I oh saw boy. on TV? <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. I wonder, Red, oh. why are you, you are a celebrity again. You're a cover girl <laughs> and now you are a TV celebrity. What the fuck? What? How? Tell me more. You're on a dating show. Okay, what people don't realize is that with production, there's a lot that goes into it. So this actually was something that was building for a while where I was cast probably at the end of 2022. As a joke, somebody sent me, not even a joke, they were just like, hey, how's the dating life treating you? And uh, never hear about this. Right. And I'm just like, well, basically, they were like, you know, they're casting a show in Boston right now. And aren't you over there? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, why don't you just put your name in for it? Sounds like it might be something fun. And I was like, sure, why not? No big deal. I would like to meet somebody. So uh, this was before I decided I am. This actually might contribute to why I decided I was like, and I'm done with dating in the U.S. It's time to go to Canada (laughs) Um, because basically it was a very pleasant experience going through the casting process. And then, oh, my God, if Jess, our producer, is listening, she was the absolute best to work with. The first time we talked, she was like, oh, my God, I'm such a big fan. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? And she's like, well, I've seen all your interview stuff and I feel like I've already gotten to know you and I'm so excited for you to be on the show. Just was super understanding and making sure I was comfortable the whole time because unexpectedly the production took a twist that nobody saw coming um, and it's not in the show. (gasps) What? I know you know the story, Kelly, but thank you for playing the part of our audience. (laughs) I'm playing the part of the audience because when you told me in real time, I was like, my jaw was on the floor. Like, what are the odds? Basically, I got cast into a show called Local Love, and it's playing places locally, apparently, but also it's available on the very local app. It's a quick 30 minute, not even that, like probably a 22 minute episode where one person is going on three different blind dates around a particular city, and then they pick a person to go on a second date with. It's a very cute show. It's kind of intended to be more of like a travel show so that you can see the different things you can do around Boston or around LA. You know, it's all over the place. Smart. Right. like that. So when I interviewed and went through the whole casting process, they really enjoyed hearing about my pinup stuff. It's kind of funny because it's not quite the same thing, but they were like, hmm, pinup, sure. Let's take her to a costume shop for her date. And I'm like, oh, that's not <laughs> That's what not they did. Quite the, yeah. That's how they combined well, the two. <laughs> I think they had certain venues lined up and they were trying to see who would fit in where based on oh, interest. Okay. I see. One of them was a real stretch where... The guy was going on a date with a girl and he said that he likes musical theater and they did a puppet workshop. Wait, what? what? Yeah, there's like puppets. Yeah. I mean, it's a very fun thing to do, but at the same time, it's like, I don't think that has to do, unless it's Avenue Q, that doesn't have a lot to do okay. with musical. A little bit of a stretch. And, right. And on top of that, the guy was like, no, no, now she thinks I have like this thing for puppets. Puppet and fetish. Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> Oh, no. But it's still, I was like, that's fine. That should be a good idea. And like, I showed up to the day of production and it was at Boston Costume. Really cool shop. They have the Boston Costume and then they have like a thrift store too. So it's a very popular space for pinup people to go and thrift for different outfits and things like that. So I was a little bit nervous because I'm like, okay, not only is this a blind date, but it's a blind date on camera. Oh, so awkward. 
so Fuck. awkward. <laughs> oh, that's the most awkward like com- combination. I, oh. I don't do stuff like that normally. Like photography, getting like doing my vintage modeling is not the same thing. No. And so, you know, you have to just be yourself and hope you're not looking awkward on camera. The twist that happened and what you won't see in the show is that they were doing my pre-date interview and I was standing outside in an alley. It's not as sketchy as it sounds. Um, <laughs> and they're doing like these pickup shots and things like that, where it's basically like filming, walking. And then they use that later where it's like slow motion. Ooh, this is the person, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> For those who don't know production and things yep. like that. But yep. so I'm in the middle of filming that and half the crew is with me and the other half is with the guy. And then all of a sudden I see someone run across the street and they're like no no get back here get back here and he's like I forgot to do my car and I see him and I'm like that's him and they're oh, like God. yeah uh, you weren't supposed to see and I'm like well I'm glad I did because that's someone I already dated oh my god <laughs> and they were like right and they were like no Oh, and I'm like, friend. yeah. Oh, and they're like, are you sure? And I'm like, I've seen him naked. I am positive <laughs> that is him. Oh Wait, so, so when when you came out, like, what was your? What, so did you guys played cool. My whole thing was we we dated like two years ago, and we didn't date very long. We had like these marathon dates where he and I just we kind of have this thing where we kind of would match each other's energy, and it felt very much like we were kind of on. Mm-hmm, where you're just kind mm-hmm. of going and going and going. I think our first date, we went to like three or four. No, we went to three different restaurants, then to a bakery. And then we went back to my place and he ended up making this drink from Israel with like milk and honey. I don't know oh. what the name of it was. Yeah, yeah it was, it was kind of hot. Like wow. when a guy cooks for you a little bit, like even something as simple as that. Uh, it wasn't yes. anything complicated, but like. Why do you think I married yeah. Sean? <laughs> He's the chef. <laughs> but like, you know, it ended up being this thing where I was living in Rhode Island at the time and he was living up in Boston. His schedule was even more insane than mine, which is. That's yeah, I was going to say that's hard to do. <laughs> right. And I had just gotten back to Rhode Island and I was still dealing with some trauma and things like that. And I'm getting into this new job and he's like just calling me at like nine or 10 o'clock at night on a weeknight being like, just bring your stuff up, work from here, come spend the night with me. And I'm like, that's romantic, but also not Mm. very realistic. We end up having like issues with that. And like, he's very free spirited, even more so than I am. Wow. You've met your match. Not too long. Well, yes and no. It was like, the thing is, I think we both needed somebody who can ground us. Because if not, then we just, woo, we're just like, it's just whirlwind and it's fun, but it's not sustainable is the problem. It's chaos. (laughs) Oh, which is fun and it's great. But if you want something serious. Definitely uh -uh. not. Not too long after he took off for Israel and has been like in the Middle East doing photography and we lost touch. Honestly, I hadn't thought of him in years and suddenly I'm about to go on a date with him for oh, a show that is going to be God. accessible nationwide. Oh my God. Great. Were you freaking out? Were you, were you more relaxed that you knew him or were you like, oh boy, now I got to put on a show? I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit disappointed because I was like, damn it, I know him. I want to be set up with somebody. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like I wanted the new experience. I wanted to meet somebody new. And a part of me was like, yeah. of all Ooh. the people, he had literally... <laughs> just flown in the day before basically they were like okay what do you want to do that's the other thing about them they were so understanding they were like we don't have to keep going you know are you okay
okay? Are you uncomfortable? I'm like, honestly, there are worse people I could have had this yeah. turn out to be. Let's be real. We dated a couple years ago. And even though it was like intense and fun and all these other things, it wasn't very long. I was like, he might not even remember me, to be honest. Did so he? they were like, okay, so what do you want to do? And I said, well, I'm going to react to however he reacts to seeing me because I'm not going to call him out on a potentially national show. <laughs> I'm not that kind of person unless you were like a real dick to me when we dated. Oh, that's a whole other yeah. story. But he wasn't. He's a nice guy. So I was like, I'm just going to see how it goes. And so when he walks in and it's funny, if you know me at all and you watch my face, I have the most smug grin on my face with him walking in. <laughs> like, I don't look like nervous or anything. I'm just like, let's see what the fuck is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so he walks in and he just immediately introduced himself. So I was like, well, shit. Um, uh... All right. So I will just pretend I don't know him. And this is a first date. And it was so fun. We we're definitely better as friends because... We just immediately were like going, we're riffing, we're like running around the store, we're throwing on different props. There were definitely some jokes that they cut to keep it family friendly, um, <laughs> you know, because I mean, you're in a costume shop, you have to make all the jokes. To. Of course. <laughs> and then we're sitting down while they're getting our costumes together, which I decided to put him in a knight in shining armor kind of outfit. The truth is I wanted him to be put in a different knight outfit because there was one that looked like Monty Python. Oh, nice. One of those ones. And I was like, yeah. put him in that. And they were like, OK, well, we only have like this one. I was like, damn. I came up with a line about how, you know, who doesn't want to go out with a knight in shining armor? Oh, I mean, it's true. But at the same time, I was just like, oh, really? I just wanted yeah. him to just say me. <laughs> and he chose whatever would match his outfit which i'm like that's a cop out that's not fair that was definitely yeah that was <laughs> but it uh, makes sense from a production thing you know i like, guess because there was one point he was like oh dinosaurs i was like absolutely not i am not being a dinosaur <laughs> he's a knight and i'm coming out as a dragon that's no <laughs> the amazing come on no. hilarious all right it's supposed to be romantic remember not again yeah, they yeah, don't know yeah fair and so we're sitting on this bench and all of a sudden he just looks at me and he's like so I went on this date in Providence a few years ago <laughs> and I'm like oh my god so you do remember and he was like and you remember basically both of us were being polite and trying to pretend like uh... you know not call each other out <laughs> yeah we've definitely hooked up yeah. before like all that stuff <laughs> But now we're midway through production and like the whole crew knew and they were just trying to keep it on the down low. So then everybody's in on it and we're all like, well, what do we do? And I'm like, well, we'll just, you know, we'll wrap it up. And it's so funny. We'll have to post the picture of us recreating a photo that we took on one of our first dates and the photo that we did for the dating show. And that's why Aww. he's saying lines like, I felt like I've known her for years. I'm like, you are just uh, throwing the line. <laughs> That'd be cool if they did it and like the reveal at the end. I know. Well, we did film a confessional, so I don't know by the time this episode comes out if they're going to do anything with it or not. Um, oh, so you did. You revealed to the we camera. We did, but it was at the rap party afterwards. Yeah. And again, he's a very nice guy. It just didn't work out. I think we're just almost too similar. Like when I told him I'm going back to school to study makeup, he's like, oh my God, if I ever need somebody for productions, I'll definitely let you know. Which, Ellie, I'm calling you out. If you don't call me for that, uh, I'm going to be pissed you're not giving <laughs> you're me gigs. better. Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> I just Wait, was very lucky. did he pick you? No, he didn't pick me. Red. I know. Well, Why? girl, Why first wouldn't of all, he pick you? He's been down this road before, first But still, off. like, you have so much chemistry on the screen. It's like, it was the obvious choice against the other two. 
Like, why not? not? Because the other girls are so sweet. Actually, I've hung out with one of the other two girls of the date, and she's a blast to hang out with. I'm Um, just biased. (laughs) First of all, there's that we've dated. But also, second, at the time that they were probably filming that, I happen to be in California for someone's wedding. Oh, yeah. I wonder who that was. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That little thing. Damn, yeah. you found that a long time ago. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, that, wow. and it takes a while to edit. And it was right. a weekly rollout. So there were other episodes that premiered. Oh, my God. I had so much fun. There was a premiere party. The main girl from other episodes kind of helped put that together. She is awesome. Hi, Sam. And also other Sam, who is her friend. And they're both lovely. Had a really great time. Met a cute guy there so it'd be very <gasps> funny if something happened from that we haven't been on a date since oh. then i mean i mean give it a week and it'll probably be over because you know me i <laughs> mean your dating life recently has been off the charts <laughs> my theory is the moment you say i'm going to focus on me and the things i have going on in my life that's when men show up to ruin it um <laughs> always when you're not looking red that's what they the rule say number that one. and i i think that's bullshit <laughs> no i'm saying you have a clingy guy that you know well there's the other guy you have yeah other, yeah you've got another guy on top of this guy that's what i'm saying you have so many well, not on top of him darling i don't well, go that way <laughs> i mean <laughs> i have been casually seeing someone who's a bit older he's very handsome and a commercial diver but i personally am not someone who responds well when he sends a text and then if you don't respond within a couple hours it's like guess you're not talking to me is not he on the ocean or, well here's the problem i have with it we established that we are just casually dating so it's whenever it works for both our schedules but the minute it's not convenient for him suddenly <sighs> or i say i have a crazy week this week so i'm not sure if i want to be able to get together and he's like oh i see suddenly you can't make time for me anymore i understand if it was like we are making each other a priority but we're not and i'm fine with that because that's not what this is it's not a relationship i mean i don't really hook up with people who i don't have like a relationship with in the sense of like friendship or some kind of caring about the person like i'm not as often a one night stand person where it's like um i'm solely meeting up with you not even for a drink i'm just here to hook up and get out you're a better person than i (laughs) (laughs) not that i've had many i just uh you know i mean going into it a little bit so today's topic and the person we're talking about has a lot to do with the topic of sex oh boy mom and dad if you're (laughs) listening get i know um family members this is the part where you turn you drop out so goodbye Or I fast mean, forward to our profile of our person. So in general, what has your stance been around? This might be an awkward question. And how comfortable are you talking about sex? And yeah. who do you feel comfortable talking about it with? You know, not like a whole group of people that are strangers just listening to a podcast. Like you're fine talking about you, right? Right. Like I feel like there's that whole podcast boom of like there was guys we fucked and call her daddy. That was all Mm -hmm. sex and it made it more like of a thing. And now it's just like, yeah, of course, there's sex podcasts and relationships. I'm actually going to disprove that, that that's when it started in a little bit, but we'll get to it. Um, Yeah, no, I'm sure. Yeah. I grew up uh, cashew. I think I've said that before, but Mm -hmm. like I'm half Catholic, half Jewish. So of course, the Irish Catholic, Roman Catholic in me was always a little prude 
food growing up. And as we've mentioned many times, I was not exactly a boy magnet. So (laughs) definitely did not have the options. Yeah, late bloomer in that regard. I have a few like quote unquote boyfriends, middle school or high school, but like it never Mm -hmm. really lasted beyond like a couple weeks or like a month or whatever. So yeah, the first one was really in college. My first serious boyfriend, real serious boyfriend and dated him all throughout college, which I kind of regret. Mm. I mean, I'm thankful for, you know, nothing bad to say about him, but we both were pretty inexperienced, actually. So we were both virgins, (laughs) um, which is not ideal when you're (laughs) you're trying to explore sexuality. You would hope one person's a little more experienced than the other. So Uh it was just Oh, mishaps can still happen despite that, that, trust me. I guess so. Yeah, that's a good point. I learned what I didn't like or what Aww. not to do. What not to No, I'm not trying to bad mouth. He's, uh, he's definitely not listening. Yeah, he was he was fine. Sweet guy, but just not for me. So I moved out here and he stayed back in Buffalo. Uh, moved out here to LA, that is. And then became asexual <laughs> for a little bit because I was so turned off um, just from that miserable experience with sex. Turned me off to the whole thing. I was like, well, I don't want to do that again. That wasn't very fun or enjoyable then i think it was really you know of course i would still have a little bit of flings with like older guys like in your early 20s so it's just like oh he's so much more mature and you know but really he's just the immature child trying to like hook up with early 20 somethings like what's wrong with them but you, you think oh i'm the chosen one i'm so mature and cool so you know i learned a lot from some older a gentleman right before sean oh boy had a uh, sexual resurgence. <laughs> Red. I was somebody put I the was, batteries back in, and you're like, yeah. all of a sudden, like, I, am I am turned back on. <laughs> I am back on. I am ready. I am ready to go. I am out at the bars till four a.m. I am living my life. I am Ooh, living okay. my final. Oh, I miss this phase, Dan. Yeah, I think you met me. <laughs> we would well, have caused no. chaos. Wait, right? It was so good. We weren't lined Honestly, up at the same time. I'm so bummed because yeah, I think you met me right when I started dating Sean. But I did. Like, I'd say my prime was like I want to say 2016 to 2017 were my years (laughs) maybe part of 2018 I was just on a a spree really started to learn what I liked what I didn't and have those one night stands not many I will say it's not as many as it makes I make it sound I like having that experience and like walking away and feeling like yeah I did that and I don't have any feelings and I don't care (laughs) it's just like liberating in a way there is something badass about that when you're just like you know what I got what I wanted. He's happy. I'm happy. Let's just call it high five. Let's go, bro. All right. Like, I loved that. (laughs) It was such a liberating feeling. I never got too attached because I was like, again, I had just kind of had my sexual awakening. So I was just trying to get that experience in. I wasn't trying to get a boyfriend. I do love that nowadays we call it a roster and not like trying to set shame or anything like that, where it's like, oh, no. That she's just building her roster. I was I was really in my prime at that roster, man. Like fuck, I was I was so proud and again not not getting attached, no no feelings, just just having a good experience finally. But I will say to that point, like I hate that women. It's been said a million times, but I'm just gonna say it again. Like we get slut shamed and guys get mm-hmm. applauded for it. So I think it was really. I mean, I'm giving them a lot of free promotion, but guys, we fucked that podcast. They. We're like, no, it's not slut shaming. We're celebrating sexually explorative women. Yeah. So I just wish that Who the society that would said, catch up. Instead of a walk of shame, it's a victory lap. I love it, that. Right? <laughs> I don't know who said that. 
but that's exactly what it is and should be. And I think, we're, you know, society's maybe slowly finally catching up to that. But still, I can, you know, only imagine. Well, yeah, what- because I think we've talked about this before, since we're both very sex positive. I think for a lot of people, they saw sex as this dirty thing, something that you don't talk about it. Then how are you supposed to know what you like, what you don't, what, you know, without exactly. having explored that before? And exactly. like, you know, I was definitely a late bloomer, too. I didn't start having sex until like my early 20s. Yeah, I grew up in a town. I was raised Catholic too. Love the Adam Ferreira (laughs) quote where it's like the Catholic belief is more like if it feels good, stop. Um. (laughs) (laughs) And so... I definitely was very afraid too of like things getting back to my family of me. And there was a guy who was an asshole in high school who said we did things and I didn't. And the treatment I got from that was just very upsetting. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't even get to have the fun with it. Like, (laughs) that's bullshit. And yeah, I didn't until much later. And it was with a guy who I dated and I waited a while with him too. Definitely my longest relationship. We were friends during high school and then we started a long distance relationship because he was back in New England and I was over in school in New York. So one of the big things that was kind of upsetting was I would say like, oh my God, I want to go travel the world and I want to go like do all these crazy adventures and then I want to get married and settle down. And he was like, well, you can't have both. Right. And I was like, motherfucker, watch me. (laughs) So he was my first sexual experience like with like traditional sex um, in the sense of like, you know, like I wasn't really doing anything before that. He was definitely the one who I did a lot of first things with because I just was so, (laughs) again, you're not going to believe me, but timid around sex and yeah, sex see, I don't and, believe this now right. but I guess yeah <laughs> well because the other thing too I did date some more and it wasn't until I got to LA what is with LA becoming like the place of sexual it's awakening the rebirth right there's just Honestly, so many hot men out here. I didn't go out there until I was 25. That's where I actually had my first orgasm. And I was just like, wait, that oh. late? Wow. That late. Because like it felt good, but not like a real like intense one. I just remember being like, what the fuck? And I was like, that <laughs> felt amazing. And what was that? And like, then wow. it was like, okay, so because you know me, I'm a nerd. I was I was almost like with the guy, I was like, I should take notes. And he was like, no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So then I started kind of coming around to the idea of it doesn't have to be this big taboo thing. I remember I was talking to a friend from high school later who we never talked about that stuff. And then when we did, she was just like, like almost whispering, like, isn't it so fun? Like she was afraid. Oh, like to actually like admit that you can enjoy sex. And I was like, oh, and it's funny, too, because I don't talk about this with my family. Also, not even like my siblings, because like my one of my siblings actually was telling people that I was a lesbian because they they were trying to make people ready and comfortable for when I would come out and inevitably introduce them to a woman because I wasn't bringing guys around. And I'm like, huh? No, I'm not bringing any of these fools around. Um, Interesting. Because also. I'm not dragging someone 3,000 miles when it's not something serious. Definitely not. And I think they just thought because I wasn't, and again, it comes back to like the kind of traditional, maybe more conservative things of like, oh, well, if they're not bringing a guy around, then they must not be dating guys. And it's like, oh no, I'm dating them. I'm just uh, (laughs) keeping you out of the loop. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Because I mean, we've talked about how some of the guys I've dated have been quite the characters and that's been reflective (laughs) in the bedroom as well. And I have these stories from it and I don't want to tell all them because also I'm only half the story. So I don't feel like that's fair. Oh, man. 
I want I mean, the story. You know, you know the stories, <laughs> I know but the I'm not story. telling it on a podcast. Yeah, if you want to yeah. hear the stories, maybe I'll Call do a right tell up. all someday. Yeah, <laughs> we'll do it on our uh, premium. <laughs> oh God. Okay, we're yeah, not doing an OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant a Patreon, Red. What are you talking about? <laughs> but no. So, but my whole stance with it, and especially because I had the added difficulty that you know I did go through an assault, and I had the conservative kind of stance, not from like family members necessarily, but just from the town I grew up in around sex. There was a lot of complications and a lot of questions around how do I know what I like? How do I feel comfortable? Like, how do I find myself with this? I'm not against traditional relationships or anything like that. It's just for me right now, I'm not in a place where I'm ready for that. Literally about to leave the country. You're about to leave the country. Yeah. You're going to marry a hockey player in my honor. (laughs) I hope so. That would be the dream. My dad would be thrilled. (laughs) I I would be thrilled. I would, I would, I would support this (laughs) big time. Right. (laughs) <laughs> um, we will not be having though a rink wedding. No. Oh, no, no. red. Come <laughs> Absolutely on. Absolutely not. You could go on the on the what is it called the Zamboni. You could uh, you know. I've always wanted to ride a Zamboni. That would right? be so fun. That could be your like getaway car. That'd be so fun. <laughs> I don't think it's called a getaway car for when you leave your... (laughs) You're ruining my dream. (laughs) All right. Sorry. The whole reason I'm bringing this up is because, again, there's so many different ways of looking at sex and sexual relationships. And as long as everybody's consenting and just having a good time, the one thing I feel about sex is that oftentimes we treat it as this very precious thing. And if you do, I understand to each their own. Mm -hmm. But... To me, sex is a little funny and Very. Like, there are, it's <laughs> two people who are naked or more and more. And that's not been my experience, but you know what? To each their own. There's going to be moments where somebody breaks a bed or somebody. Okay. Has that happened? <laughs> Twice. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I sent you a photo of one then, remember? Oh, that's, we broke oh, the bed and I went, whoops. <laughs> oh, my God. Good for you. Shit. I mean, it was good. Um, but anyways, yeah. What I mean is, for me, sex is more like I care about the person. It doesn't have to be this forever care, though. Be the end all be all. It doesn't have to be this romantic thing where suddenly gazing into each other's eyes and it cuts to the fireplace and you don't see any of the good stuff. It's fun and it's awkward and it's one of those things where if you can't laugh during it, you're not having I the best time. If you're agree. treating it very seriously. Also, I'm very ticklish, so uh, poor Sean. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sean. Like, I, I get him a little frustrated because I'm just ticklish. I just don't know. And I start laughing and he's like, what did I do? Like, nothing. It's so frustrating. Right. Yeah, I just laugh. But I think that's cute, too, because that's yeah. the thing. When you start laughing, it's like, wait, what just happened? What did I miss? I know. And, and it's then like... it ruins the mood. So I'm sorry, Sean. <laughs> I get so ticklish. That's the thing. You come back from that, too. Like, yeah, I've definitely no, had those sure. moments where I'll say the wrong thing. And the person is like, I'm sorry, what did you just say? Yeah, and I was it's like. like it seemed funny at the time. Yeah. No, no, no. Like, I think one time I did like a Bane impression as like a joke. <laughs> During sex? <laughs> the guy was like, I just want to kiss every single inch of your body and see what turns you on. In my head, I thought it was a good idea to go, let the games begin. Killed the moment. And thankfully, he's still a friend of, of mine. I would have walked he's right out of there. Like, that's the thing. He was like, that was actually hilarious. And, like, and then oh, we start laughing. And then all of a sudden, you're like kissing again. And again, oh, that's so it funny. can be so fun and playful. And like you shouldn't feel shamed because you you didn't enjoy the experience that you had. Again, it was sexual consent. 
consent, you know, all that stuff, but not one of those where it's an assault yeah. or anything like that. Right. But right. we're talking more about like, it's the most vulnerable you can be. And so it's a little intimidating. But if you go into it with like a kind of healthy attitude of just, we're going to have fun with this, right? then I think that's, in my opinion, better approach. Europeans have it right. I feel like we're just so prude compared to them. I think they're much more open <laughs> from my experience than Americans I mean, with I sex. I didn't get to like hook up with anybody in Europe. Like that's how oh, much of a leap I was. I know well, I already, we told the story about Niles last time, so. Yeah, and I mentioned the Budapest guy, but like it's just much more, yeah, open attitude. And I don't know, Europe does it right. <laughs> Maybe I should move <laughs> to Europe. <laughs> they they well, work to live. We live to work. They fuck without apologies. We can barely take our shirt off without apologizing, you know? <laughs> It's just so Well, now backwards. I'm nervous to go to Canada because they're yeah. known for apologizing too much. So, yeah. dear God. Oh, God. I can't wait for those sexcapades. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, it, sorry. <laughs> oh, no. And we lose all our Canadian listeners. Like, no. again, like, I'm curious to see what dating will be like up there. And, you know, also what my attitude will be once I go up there because I'm going to be, as you know, very busy. So, hopefully, that means all the men will be flocking to me because the minute yeah. I'm not available, that's when they want to actually meet me. Of course. That's how it works, right? You're going to be drowning in dick like you're going to have so many <laughs> options i really not hope know not. To do. that's a horrible yeah. way to go <laughs> that is a horrible way to go actually why is <laughs> that's this a one bad bent one. <laughs> <laughs> Who's our person? Oh my God. Well, I know who our person is, but I don't well, know yes, anything about I was going to her. say, if you can't <laughs> laugh and enjoy all this, like that's the stance I'm going with. And I think that's the stance, the person that we're about to talk about today. Oh my gosh. I can't wait. Ugh. Both of us were aware of who I was going to pick today. So there's no surprises right. involved. Other I don't than know the extent of this person. <laughs> that's what I was about to say. Yeah. That's the part that's going to be surprising because our person today, I'm so excited to discuss with you is... Dr. Ruth Westheimer, a.k.a. Dr. Ruth, a.k.a. the German-American sex therapist nicknamed the goddess of good sex. Oh, I'm so ready. It's funny how like it'll come up later, but apparently they really like to nickname some of these female sex therapists, which is kind of weird. But at the same time, if it's a name like that, I I don't think she's insulted. She has what you're going to discover is I'm going to call her Ruth. She just has the best kind of approach to life. She's a very positive person, but she hasn't always had the easiest life. And that's what I want to go into because I had no idea about her life before she became like the media mogul, became super popular in the 80s, Talking about sex just openly. We got to go back to the beginning. Let the games begin. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we call a callback, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> callback I will regret to the end of days. And when I tell that person that I told that story, he's going to die. Dr. Ruth, as she would later be known, was actually born Carola Ruth Siegel. Carola might be mispronouncing, sorry. She was born on June 4th, 1928 in Weisenfeld or Weisenfeld, Germany, yeah. as the only child to Orthodox Jews, Irma, who was a housekeeper, and Julius, a wholesaler. And yeah. it actually sounds like her parents met through her being the housekeeper for his family. Sounds like a little bit of a romance novel in the making, you know, where she's, you know, kind of working at the home and he comes home and, you know, I'm just speculating. But basically when she was born, 
born, she lived with her parents and her paternal grandmother, Selma, and they regularly attended synagogue in Frankfurt. And she credits her signature joie de vivre, like just this very happy, positive attitude. It just became so well known for her because you'll see footage of her, of how she just seems to have so much joy about everything she does. And she credits that with having been raised in a loving household with two parents and her grandparent. Yeah, just had a happy childhood. That would remain unbroken even in the face of awful tragedy. Tragedy would strike hard. Like I said, she was born in 1928 in yeah. Germany yep. as a Jewish say, woman. Does she know Inga? Shout <laughs> out to Inga <laughs> right? Ginsburg. Yeah, they must have crossed paths. <laughs> they must have. I, yeah. I would think so. Tragically, her father would be taken away by the Nazis during Kristallnacht. Or a night Ugh. of broken glass. Also, I'm so sorry for any terrible German I do. Basically, the Nazis burned down 10,000 Jewish stores, homes, and synagogues in November 1938. When they took her father away, her grandmother allegedly gave the Nazis money, begging them just to take care of her son. Please don't hurt him. They decided it was too dangerous for Ruth in Germany. So in January 1939, they sent her on the Kinder Transport. It's a Jewish children's rescue train and it just sent children to Switzerland. They allowed the kids to escape. They There was a infrastructure that was allowed. It, it was either something that was done either allowed because it was yeah. only children or it was something that was done. I, I should have done more research into it. But no, that's fine. I was just curious. But I mean, it was something that they sent them away, which honestly, they might have to be like, we don't want the children here in Germany because they're Jewish children. Yeah. I don't know. It's an awful situation because also, you know, she didn't want to leave. She didn't want to leave her mom and her grandma. And she just lost her dad. She later said the decision to send her away made her realize that my parents gave me life twice. Once when I was born and once when I was forced to go to Switzerland. For many years, I thought if I had stayed in Frankfurt, maybe I could have saved them. Mm. All nonsense. If they had not made the sacrifice to send their only child to Switzerland, I wouldn't be alive. Because unfortunately, her father and grandmother and actually all of her other relatives were reportedly all killed in the concentration camps. And her mother was also killed. They actually never listed the circumstances she's just listed as disappeared oh god red so some reports say that at the age of 10 that's when she would never be hugged again as a child oh red i'm gonna cry to make her name sound less german she stopped going by her first name and she was going by her middle name of ruth ruth stayed at the orphanage until the age of 16 which is when she decided to immigrate to british controlled mandatory palestine and she worked in agriculture and said that this was where she first had sexual intercourse on a starry night in a haystack without contraception. Oh. Juicy I like story the first here. Part. This is the juicy story. Allegedly, this was with her ex-boyfriend's younger brother. Juicy scandalous. scandalous. Okay, Ruth, I see you. She says the only part she wasn't happy about was the contraception part and knows better now. She would say that later, which good point, safe sex, safe sex. In 1948, she moved to Jerusalem and she ended up joining what is now known as the Israel Defense Forces. And because she never grew to be more than four foot seven, oh my gosh, or 1.4 meters, I'm learning, I'm learning. Um, <laughs> she was trained as an ace sniper and a scout. She said Wait, there was what? an advantage to her being so small. <gasps> so oh. while she never shot anyone, she she was apparently a great shot and her training would actually stay with her for the rest of her life. No. She, yeah. 
She mentioned, I once went with my grandson to a county fair where you shoot a water pistol at the clown's mouth. We came home with 12 stuffed animals and a goldfish. (laughs) Yeah, I I need to take her to the carnival. So I'm glad that she did use that. (laughs) Right. But also she showed that at the age of 90, she could still put together a Stein gun, a Stein gun with her eyes closed. Like she could assemble it completely not even looking. Like that's how much it was drilled into her. Oh, Right? So So she was a sniper. It's badass. But tragedy struck again. When an exploding shell from a mortar attack actually caused near fatal injuries, she was going into this building and it killed two women next to her. Like, (gasps) she almost had her legs amputated. She was temporarily paralyzed. But in true Dr. Ruth outlook, while learning to walk again, she pretended. Her perfectly capable hands also had problems so that the quote unquote hot doctor would have to feed her. <laughs> I love her. I, love, I already, oh, Ruth, I love like you you're, so you're much. You're like struggling in this hospital and you think to go, no, I'm going to get like at least a little perk out of this. <laughs> I mean, let's let's be real. You, you probably would have done the same. Oh, a thousand percent. Also, oh, I don't want to feed myself when I feel like shit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> What the hot doctor doing? Good for exactly. you, Bruce. Get, yes. get you some. <laughs> now it's a little harder to exactly pinpoint when her first marriage was. There's a lot of Dr. Ruth's past that some of the dates are a little muddled and some discrepancies between some of the dates and things like that. Basically, she married a Israeli man, but she said that she was too young and she wanted to focus on her studies. So once she was well enough, the two of them moved to France together where he was a medical student while she was a kindergarten teacher in order to pay for her own schooling in psychology at the University of Paris, aka Les Sorbonne. Ooh, sexy. Apparently she earned an undergraduate degree despite not even having a high school education because, well, 1950s, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say. (laughs) Right. While her first marriage didn't work out, she had her second marriage and some reports say that she met him in Paris. Others say that she met him in New York. And there's even discrepancy on when exactly she would have her first child with him, a daughter, Miriam. There's two quotes from Ruth here. Basically, the first one saying, I got pregnant with my daughter and I married him in that order. <laughs> but I also love this quote that she said about being pregnant, which was, I was so short, I couldn't believe anything could grow inside me. <laughs> She's tiny. Um, Ruth would immigrate in 1956 at 28 years old to Washington Heights. And apparently she immigrated to the apartment that she would stay in for more than half a century. Was it right controlled? I was about to say, can you imagine what she pays from 1956 if it's rent control? I want to cry. Yeah. Damn. Good for you. Half a century. But Ruth didn't have the easiest start in New York either. Because at some point she would divorce her second husband and later said he was wonderful, but I was very bored and the relationship needed more than good sex. Ruth. Uh Yes. 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 (laughs) Get it, Ruth. Get it, Ruth. Because the other thing, too, I do agree with that, where it's like, I think a lot of times we get caught up in the passion of the physical aspects that we kind of forget the emotional emotional side of things. Right. Absolutely. You need both. Absolutely. Basically, she began working as a maid initially for 75 cents an hour. She actually got a huge raise to $1 an hour. (gasps) Wow. Wow. So that equates to, in modern times... $11.24. Wow. But that's the thing. And she's putting herself through grad school. Oh, my God. I just want to point out, first off, she's a single mom. She's working as a maid. And then she was going to the new school for 
her master's, right? Because she already that's went to lot. Sorbonne for her undergrad. Right. That's not an easy life. That's so hard. Ruth, you're doing too much. <laughs> Go to bed. Oh, just <laughs> Poor wait. thing. Oh, she's God. she's Ruth. pulling a lot of a Judith. Where, but wait, yeah, she, more. I, exactly. I'm getting Judith vibes. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh. um, but basically, she was incredibly lucky to lean into her Jewish community. The Jewish family service paid for her daughter to stay with a foster family during the day while Ruth would be at the new school for class. And she got a scholarship so that she could even do that. And then eventually her daughter would start attending a German Jewish Orthodox nursery school. Got it. Wow. Way to show up for her community. Yeah. Well, she would definitely give back and we'll get to it. Ruth eventually earned a master's in sociology in 1959. And then at 42 years old, she received a doctor of education degree in family life studies from Teachers College, Columbia University. Again, using a scholarship to do that. Wow. Marty. Then, right? <laughs> so she would actually start studying under a famed sex therapist called Shirley Zussman. We're not done. Of course not. I didn't think no. so. <laughs> so she then trained as a sex therapist at the New York Hospital Cornell Medical for seven years under the famed sex queen sex therapist Helen Singer Kaplan. First, she would spend two years training and then she would spend five years training others. After her doctorate, she would work briefly for Planned Parenthood in Harlem to help train women to teach sex education. And basically, that's what kind of inspired her to continue to study human sexuality. So just to keep showing up and being a freaking badass, she became a postdoctoral research at New York Presbyterian Hospital and then would also become an adjunct associate professor for five years. My God, Ruth. But she would (laughs) also teach at Brooklyn College, Hunter College, Adelphi University, Columbia University, Yale, Princeton, NYU, West Point, and more, ah. while also (laughs) continuing to privately treat patients in sex therapy in Manhattan. Ruth, how are you going to have time to have sex yourself (laughs) at this rate? My God, you got to get used some, honey. Damn, Ruth. As if that's not impressive enough, not only was she fluent in English, Hebrew, German, and French, she would become a naturalized citizen in 1965 and then enter into her, her words, not mine, real marriage. Her real marriage. Yep, that's what she calls it. Husband three? Husband three, her real husband now. She met Fred Westheimer, so that's how she has the last name now, in 1961. Again, the dates are a little murky, on a ski trip. He was the head of the Jewish ski club. She said it was love at first sight and like that he was 35. She was like 33. He was German Jewish. He had also fled Nazi Germany. Had apparently never been married yet. Ooh, eligible bachelor. Not quite, because he had a girlfriend. Oh, (laughs) I mean, it was the 60s, right? (laughs) Well, here's the best part. Apparently, the girlfriend felt threatened by Ruth and was like, Fred is mine. Keep your hands off. I mean, I'd be threatened by Ruth. (laughs) Right? To which Ruth replied, let's see. Ruth and Fred were said to have married in 1961, which would have been the same year. Oh, my God. That was easy. (laughs) Apparently, she couldn't hold the candle to our Ruth. Sorry, Vera. That was her name. They would have her second child together, her son, Joel. Cute. All of this is happening. And we haven't even touched on the reason that she became like a household name. I know. I was going to say, this is all the warm up. (laughs) Right. Again, I told you this would be a long episode. I told you. Yeah, I know. Bring it on. (laughs) All right. So this is where it really kicks off. And that's in 1980. Ruth is 52 years old. Jesus. 
And she gets a wild job offer. There was a public radio station called WYNY. And the station manager, Betty Elam, had heard Ruth speak. And she proposed the idea of like a after midnight Carl Ann radio show on sex education. Just because she found her to be so charming and so knowledgeable at the same time and entertaining. What was supposed to be like a 15 minute debut turned into sexually speaking, which would be a radio talk show that would last for 10 years and led to a series of TV and radio shows. Oh my God. (laughs) So on the show, Ruth had this very signature voice because a reporter described it as a cross between Henry Kissinger and Minnie Mouse. Because she has that German accent, you know, I'm, I'm awful yeah. at doing it. You know, she'd be like, next question, next question. And oh but very high God. pitch too. Using that voice, she also gave open and humorous, but insightful advice on so many topics like difficulties orgasming, premature ejaculation, sexual positions, erections, foreplay, oral sex, so many things. And she was honestly hilarious. Actually wrote some of my favorite quotes of hers. Ooh, yes. Tell. Yeah. So some of the things she said on the show were things like anything or should I be like anything that two consenting adults do in the privacy of the bedroom or kitchen floor is all right with me. (laughs) That was really good. No, there were going to be people who were like, that was awful. Anyways, um, when asked on sex with animals, she said, I am not a veterinarian. (laughs) For oral sex advice, she'd tell people to make believe it's an ice cream cone and to pick one up and practice. Should we do that after this, Red? (laughs) Oh, I could use some ice cream. It is so warm here. (laughs) On sexual fantasies, if you want to believe the whole football team is in the bed with you, that's fine. I should try that. (laughs) Right? When it comes to sex, the most important six inches are the ones between the ears. Sex is not a sin. Many people have complained that this is taking all the fun out of sex. It's true. That's very true. Yeah, Thank the, you, Roman Church. Well, no, that's what's taking the fun out of it. That oh, makes yeah, no sorry. longer a sin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She said, also keep in mind who how she met her husband. Skiers make the best lovers because they don't sit in front of a television like couch potatoes. They take a risk and they wiggle their behinds. They also meet new people on the ski lift. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. But my personal favorite, her biggest catchphrase was get some. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. <laughs> red. Get you some. Right? Hey, you get you some too. We're shocked. I know. I know. I used to go, hey, hey, honey. <laughs> Come here. I feel like she was pro sex, obviously, though more in favor of sex within relationships rather than one night stands. She was in favor of Planned Parenthood funding. She was in favor on research on AIDS, which keep in mind, She's saying this during the height of the AIDS epidemic. That's crazy. And she actually would give a lot of information and help educate about sexually transmitted infections. Or I think we used to call them sexually transmitted diseases. I think we're going away from disease because there's more of a stigma to it. She was against engaging in any sexual activity under pressure and against pedophilia. And when it comes to LGBTQ acceptance, Ruth has said, Respect is not debatable. Yes. Mm -hmm. She's pro contraceptions, pro abortions in the instance that those fail. Clearly from all of this, she's a woman ahead of her time. Here's what's crazy. This little like public radio show by 1981. That's one year later, despite the network not doing any promotion for the show, because how do you promote something like this in 1981? It actually attracted 250 thousand weekly listeners each week just by word of mouth 
that's crazy. Like, that's Stern numbers. You don't get that today. <laughs> no, you didn't get that back then. Yeah. Wow, that's <laughs> crazy. They actually had to expand it to an hour, and they broke all kinds of taboos for the time talking about the things that they did. The show became syndicated, and then it expanded. It was being heard in 93 different markets. Just this she- little radio show. Did she get backlash at any point? Like, were people offended? There was, but overall, the response was so positive because there wasn't anyone. I mean, now we are able to have podcasts like the ones we were talking about earlier because there were women who were comfortable talking about these different things, even though at the time it was very tab. She was a little bit more conservative about the things that she would talk about. Like she wasn't saying things like fuck him in the ass or something like that. She was saying, and then you take the penis and you put it in the, I'm assuming. Very clinical. Yeah. Right. But it was yeah. done in a way, you know, it had information, but it also was entertaining and it was warm and it was welcoming. And it gave the idea that sex didn't have to be this thing that was just this mystery until you had it, you know. And Truth. so she would actually produce the show until 1990s so for 10 years. She would work on the show. But while she was doing that in 1984, she began hosting TV shows on the Lifetime Network. You know, that old thing. Her first show was Good Sex with Dr. Ruth Westheimer. <laughs> Like, there's an exclamation point. Like, I had to say, like, (laughs) it's the 80s. Give them some credit. (laughs) And that also had to be expanded to an hour a year later. And they changed the title to The Dr. Ruth Show. 3,000 callers would try to get through each show. They would attract 450,000 viewers a night. That's crazy, Red. Not only that. It eventually would rise to 2 million homes watching a week. That's unheard of. That's unheard of. That's unheard of. Holy shit. What I love is that she'd end every episode of the show with their signature phrase of have good sex. (laughs) (laughs) Exclamation point. Because of this explosion, suddenly she also exploded. So by April 1985, she was on the cover of People magazine. She started appearing in films, including a French romantic comedy called Une Femme aux Deux which is one woman or two, with huh. Gerard Depardieu, who also has some problematic issues, and Sigourney Weaver, oh, who is a goddess. Oh. I love her. <laughs> oh, that's fun. She was allegedly supposed to be cast in Dirty Dancing, but she backed out of the project. Oh. Why? Oh, that would be so cool. She was supposed to be Mrs. Sch- Schumacher, who I think yeah. was a thief. A thief, okay. Yeah. yeah, she didn't want to be portrayed as like a Jewish woman who's a thief and yeah Eh, that is a stereotype right (laughs) i mean it is the cat skills and i think all the families were i think it was a lot of jewish families but still that negative tip stereotype i get it so also there was both a board game and a computer game released about good sex with dr ruth (laughs) she even did an article for the january 1986 issue of playboy so if you ever read it just for the articles that's yeah Way to bury the lead, Red. What? No, there were no pictures. It was just her talk. I mean, there might have been pictures, but I don't think there were those pictures. So, oh, that would have been epic. <laughs> right. So, not only is she doing her own shows, but she's also on other talk shows in the US and Germany, including David Letterman, The Joan Rivers Show, Howard Stern, Late Night with Conan O'Brien, and Live with Kelly and Ryan. She was parodied oh. on SNL. She appeared on guest starring roles in Quantum Leap, One Life to Live, and Eva did a, I don't know if it was her voice or not, but there was that. The show, the claymation show, Celebrity Deathmatch. Oh, she was on that? Apparently. 
Um, and there's been a play and documentaries made about her life as well. She's been in commercials and she's released even more products all in the name of like sex positivity, education and mental health. Like, I love that for you. Ugh. Right. Isn't that nuts? Like, and again, no she's making a name for herself in her own field, but it's not until she's 52 that suddenly she becomes this household name. Oh she's like a God. cultural icon of the era. Ugh. And she's what like 95 now right like she's mm-hmm. still she's still going well, right 1997 fred actually passed away Aww. after 36 years of happy marriage and ruth has said that while she actually didn't really discuss her own sex life on her shows she typically would always say like next question um, <laughs> that was her response oh but he was always supportive of her career and yes Kelly, at the time of this recording she is still alive and doing very well. Yes. In 2019, she published her 45th book on sex and sexuality. Shut up. 45 books. 45. In 2019, I'm sure she has like another one now. Stop. Oh my God. Ruth, She's still delivered. Right? <laughs> no, don't, don't put her to bed because yeah, don't go know, to bed. she'll love have you. more yeah, things yeah, to write yeah, about. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> She's delivered commencement speeches at various universities. She received honorary degrees, including a honorary high school diploma from Bronx High School of Science. Because there's not enough. She's an accomplished ethnographer. So this is the social research on the customs of individual people and cultures. And she focused on Ethiopian Jews, Papua New Guinea's, uh, the Trobian Islanders, and the Druze. Um, they're a group of Arab and Arabic-speaking esoteric ethno-religious groups. Always also looking outside and trying to understand other people and their cultures and understandings of how they view the world. Apparently, also in 2007, she actually regained her German citizenship because they started the German Citizenship Project which created a path for those who were stripped of their citizenship by the Nazis. Oh, wow. So she actually got oh to God. get that back. Oh. And she does reportedly also regularly go back to Israel as well. And she is a board member of the Museum of Jewish Heritage and has said about the Holocaust, think of these words, never again, never again. All of this oh. must never happen again. Which is so powerful to think about that after everything she's been through and to still show up and support your community. It's just, damn. Like, oh, right. Because again, we're still not done. I know. She was made a fellow of the New York Academy of Medicine, which is huge for a non-physician. She was inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame, into the German American Hall of Fame, Woman in Technology International Hall of Fame. There's almost too much that we can't really go into all of it. My God, how many accolades? <laughs> right? People Fuck. Magazine, they actually did a, an interview with her and they said, what has surprised you most about your life? And she said that I became famous, that I have a wonderful <laughs> daughter, son-in-law, a wonderful son and daughter-in-law and four wonderful grandchildren. The one that's getting married, the other one is studying medicine in Canada. Hi. Um, oh. <laughs> My grandson, the little one, is at a first-year university at Toronto and loves it. And the other one is already graduating and working with computers with such a difficult beginning like me, having been an orphan at the age of 10 years old, no parents, no brothers and sisters. All I feel is gratefulness. So my what might be my possibly favorite way to end this profile, though, is with 
Ruth Signature's sass, which is when she's asked when she would stop discussing sex and if she'll ever retire, she said, and I quote, never. Next question. (laughs) (laughs) Full circle. (laughs) Full circle. So I love her so much. And I just like, there's so much more that I wish I could say because we just don't have enough time. She's so fascinating. And like for her to be so well-spoken and outspoken and talking about subjects that up until then we're talking again, doing this in the 1980s, but she's had decades where she's doing this and where she's speaking publicly and teaching. So to have this kind of stance at, during all these different times and to show people that it's okay, you can call, you can come talk to me. It's okay to ask questions. I think that's beautiful. And I just love her and all the sass. Like I'm going to like, I don't know. I'm going to put like a poster up of some of these quotes. Like, (laughs) yeah, seriously. I wonder if there's like a webpage of quotes because these are so good. They're (laughs) so good. And there's so many more too is the other thing because she just is so quick and clever about the way she would talk about everything there's this netflix show out now like how to live to 100 and this the the people that live the longest are in like okinawa yes sorry so there's the most centenarians there and it's because they lots of factors go into it diet exercise Mm -hmm. all that but at the center of what keeps people living long and going it's like this thing called ikiga which is a sense of purpose and meaning and it seems like that's part of why ruth i mean she's given so much to this world and that's probably why she's so productive still because the minute she stops like the minute you die like she has so much to offer the world she's changed lives like she has an ikiga she's got a sense of purpose and meaning that she shares with the world and um, And it could have been so (laughs) different if you think about it because like a 10 year old girl alone in the world i mean there were stories about how like at a certain point they announced to the children at the orphanage like the parents who were alive like and coming to get them and to not hear their names or any relative's name to like to know you're alone in this world and instead of being like what do i do she i mean she found community with her jewish heritage she went to israel like she i mean she's a freaking sniper Uh, like what the hell i can't believe that she was a sniper (laughs) she said that was her her being so small was such an advantage because like she's a smaller target oh that's so funny so she could go and scout and people couldn't yeah yeah and like Talk about using your detriment to your advantage <laughs> right like, damn wow. and i mean there's just so many great things about that and i think i want to say for our listeners i know we came across very you know more liberal things like that however we understand sex is a private thing um as ruth said about it being you know private things between consenting adults in the kitchen floor um you know it's just <laughs> It, however, what brings you joy should not feel shameful. It shouldn't be something you're embarrassed about. Who you choose to share that with, that's okay. Like, you don't have to be like us who just put it out there on a yeah. podcast. It also is that thing of you should be able to talk openly with your partner, whoever you choose for that to be, or no one at all. If you don't want that, you don't have to. And just making sure you know that there's no shame 
in whatever your stance is on that, as long as it's consensual with legal adults, things like yeah. that. Um, yeah. We do have a stipulation on that, but <laughs> yes, we yeah. Do. So we just want you to feel open. And if you want to tell us any funny stories or oh my God, please tell share us your awkward sex stories. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could do your best Bane impression. Um, you could, I mean, anything. room on fire with a candle. <laughs> <laughs> I do know I've had a couple of friends who have told me it, stories about how oh. um, shower, shower is not always the safest place. not good no. ever. No, not sexy. Yeah. Pools are no. not either. Cause there's actually, no. yeah, you would know. Stick stick to to, to dry land. <laughs> Everybody stick to dry land. Right. Uh, well, not that dry. Uh, but I what I mean it. is you shouldn't feel ashamed. You should feel like, and the other thing too is because, I don't know about you, Kelly, but because I'm so open about like my own experience, I'm not like, you know, I'm not going around being like, hi, I'm Red and let me tell you about the sex I had. Like, it's not yeah. like that open, but at the same time, ever since I've been open about the journey I've been on and you know, just everything else. I've found a lot more people want to open up to me and tell me those things. And that's okay. And the things I've heard are not anything crazy. Like you are not from the people who have talked to me about their experiences. You're not alone. You're not crazy. There's nothing wrong with you for being, I don't know, like attracted to the same gender or for wanting to try a sex physician or for any of those whatever those things are as long as you're open and honest and it's true to you you shouldn't feel pressure to do anything you're uncomfortable with and just enjoy it because sex is part of life that's how we all got here <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> well said <laughs> oh well so Ruth, i love that for you we love, we Ruth. love that oh my god <laughs> i'm like i hope by the time this episode comes out she gets to hear us just loving on her because also if not though she's lived a crazy exciting and wonderful life that's helped so many different people so ruth we love you so much and uh, yeah what was her but saying get some <laughs> get some listeners get some have good sex <laughs> have good sex get some yeah <laughs> we'll get some good time. sex let's combine the two let's condense it it's perfect it's sex listeners yeah. Catch you next time. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. We love you guys. Go love get some. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>you for joining us on i love that for you our theme song is by vaudeville and used with permission our cover art is by jenny lamb edited to the best of our abilities by kelly and red if you want us to spotlight someone 
have questions, or just want to say hi, email us at ilovethatforyoupod at gmail.com or join us on Instagram at ilovethatforyoupod to join the love fest and see what else we get up to. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, basically wherever else you listen. We appreciate all your love, and if you want to help support the show, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. This helps us spread the love and reach more people. Thanks for listening. We love you.